Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, here we go. Backing at it for another busy week here on the Todd Huff Show. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure if you do email, send us a message that you keep it um, full of adoration and praise, <laughs> which uh, occasionally I find people that don't do that, but most of you do a really good job. And, yes, I am kidding, not kidding when I say that. So good to be back uh, at it here. And, you know, before I forget, and I might forget this today, I do want to say off the top that we did, you may have heard me speaking about the 2000 Mules online viewing party. We did that on Thursday of last week. And I want to say thank you to those that were there. I think um, the general consensus is that everyone enjoyed the documentary. Um Everyone, uh, I would say, learned something. I mean, there's so much information, so much data. It's a fascinating dive that Dinesh D'Souza um, and uh, True the Vote is actually who did a lot of this. And D'Souza and his team basically documented and told the story. It was It's well done. And I encourage, if you haven't seen it, to check it out. 2000mules, I think, .com is where you can, can see it. Um, Ours is over and done with. So I appreciate those that that did watch that. And it kind of leads into what I want to start with today. Um, but by the way, we might, we might do more stuff like that uh, in, the, uh, in the future as well. But let's start here today by talking about uh, the January 6th narrative, uh, the politics. Well, well, there's January 6th, and then there's, of course, the framing of it and the politics of it and the narrative and all of that. And so that's where I want to start. In fact, I want to start um, with, where is it here? Here we go. Pentagon Memo. memo. This is at justthenews.com. You may have seen this. This is the headline, which was um, posted Friday. I think it was Friday, the 22nd. Just after midnight Friday, it says this, Trump gave order to, quote, make sure, end quote, January 6th rally was a safe event, Pentagon memo shows. General, this heads uh, subheading, General Milley's recollection undercuts months-long effort by Democrats to suggest Trump wanted to incite violence. Many key questions left unanswered. Now, Trump was speaking over the weekend at the Turning Point USA event, and I think it was in Tampa, Florida. Trump, during his speech there, tells, and he's he's right on this. I sorry, I chuckle just because of, of the way Trump does it, and it just lights the fire of the media. It lights the fire of the radical left. They, 
this guy is Teflon Don. How in the world has he gotten, has he walked through the proverbial minefield that they have set out for this guy, right? I mean, it started from day before day one. Remember, again, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but we got Trump-Russian collusion. They couldn't admit that Hillary lost to Donald Trump in the 2016 election, so they had to concoct some crazy, ridiculous narrative that somebody in Russia working for Vladimir Putin, and of course, by extension, I mean, how else can we say this, working for Donald Trump, found a way to trick U.S. voters into voting for Hillary even when, excuse me, voting for Trump even when they really would have wanted to vote for Hillary. That That's the campaign. That's where this stupid stuff started. Trump won. The left started howling at the moon, screaming at the universe. Remember, ah, every, uh, every election day or inauguration day, they would cry. Remember, they had to postpone. I went through all this in great detail back in 2016. And I got to tell you, when I, think back, when I think back to some of the things that we've discussed over the course of time with this program, I got to tell you, the reaction the left had to 2016 is among my the most entertaining thing that I have spoken about on this program, which I know is a loaded statement because so many things that we discuss on this program entertains just to the maximum percentage, the maximum amount. So, but I, I remember, and you remember too, you remember the screaming at the universe. You remember the adult coloring books. Remember this? You remember the request for service animals to help uh, cope with a Trump presidency. You remember finals being canceled and postponed and all these sorts of things. You remember this. You remember effectively a days and weeks of mourning. We're supposed to, again, th- this is this is the shape that virtue signaling used to take. Now it's completely morphed into the woke, crazy worldview that we have to see today. But at first... At first, one could show how virtuous he or she or the other 54 genders is in America by saying how much they were upset that President Trump won the election in 2016. How many days this person had to take off of class? How many days this person had to take off from work? How many times this person screamed at the universe or maybe had a little Trump doll that they were putting pins and needles in or whatever, whatever they were doing, getting their adult coloring books, um, requesting some mental health days or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. You may know people like this. That was the beginning of the woke. Well, that was the beginning of virtue signaling. Now we've got all out wokeism running the Democrat party. So that was 20... 16. And of course, from there, we've documented on this program in the past that on day 11, they were already calling, they, the Democrats in the, in the Congress, were already calling for the impeachment of Trump. Once they got their tears dried and once they, you know, kind of threw some cold water on their face, had a couple of weeks or days or whatever of, of mourning and screaming and all that stuff that we talked about, then they realized, you know what, this guy's going to be president and he appears to be pretty serious about this, and Trump was. And, of course, they had a plan, a strategy, to throw roadblocks and barriers 
in the way of President Trump from day one. I mean, literally, we can trace back to public calls for his impeachment on day 11. It may have even happened sooner. We know definitely it was happening behind closed doors prior to uh, prior to Trump's inauguration. But literally by February, February of, of 2017, the beginning of the Groundhog's Day, actually one of my, talk about a holiday that entertains the heck out of me. One day, one day, maybe I'll be on stage holding up Puxatawney Phil. <laughs> that just seems like the most ridiculous thing to me. Anyway, but around that time of year is when we were, that was the end of the Trump um, honeymoon. Of course, there wasn't any Trump honeymoon at all. But normally a president has 100 days, you know, three months or so of just getting to know the guy, um, you know, learning about, him is history and his personality and you know there's i don't know fluff pieces and tell us about your favorite ice cream and all this the stuff that happens to biden and to obama but it never happened to, to trump because immediately they went after this guy immediately immediately they weaponized the government now i'm gonna go on record here i know some of you and bannon's out there steve bannon is saying republicans if they win in the midterms, should investigate the January 6th investigators, which I don't disagree with that. But (laughs) there is a fine line here, right? The fine line is what happened in 2017 when the left weaponized government against Trump and the deep state or whatever, the bureaucratic state, whatever, did what they did to throw obstacles and delays to undermine the agenda, undermine the legitimate authority that the president does have. He's not a king or anything, but he has legitimate authority. But to block the legislation in ways that um, required subversive acts, and that happens in in our bureaucratic state. I mean, there's no doubt that people were constantly, constantly trying to undermine the agenda of the president from within the president's own administration, the bureaucratic state, the executive branch. And so now, now let's assume for a moment, and again, elections are what matter, not polls, not predictions, not any of that. We got to get out to the polls and we got to vote. In fact, Oz, since we've moved, Oz better get herself registered to vote here as well. But, 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 so we are in this process um, of potentially seeing Republicans take over, potentially take over at least the House, potentially the House and the Senate. And there's some, I want to be clear what I'm not saying. I do not think that we should use the government as the left has used the government in this January 6th commission and in uh, 2017 when Trump was president to, to weaponize the government. It's not if the if the side that wins uses the government to weaponize it against the other side. That is a this that's terrible series of consequences. Each time the ante is going to be upped. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, that being said, that being said, if the other side, when they are in power, abuses the government, as I think we are seeing right before our eyes with the January 6th commission. If that ha- turns out to be the case, then determining 
how it was abused and what needs to be done is a legitimate step to be made. Now, it's just like when Trump was was uh, you know having rallies in 2016, and the fans, the audience, the uh, when when Trump would talk about Hillary, right? The fans would say would, would chant "Lock her up." Now, uh, perspective and context are clearly what matter. And, of course, it's political speech. They're trying to make a point. But you don't want to go after your political enemies and use the government as a, uh, you know, as a, as a weapon. But if legitimate crimes have been committed by anybody, by Hunter Biden, by Hillary Clinton, by Donald, whoever, Trump, by um, whoever, it shouldn't matter. Certain people should not be above the law on the one side of the on the one end of the continuum, you can't say if you are a political adversary, they can't go after you. That's not right, especially if there's legitimate reasons to do so. And on the other end, if you say we're going to weaponize the government to go after people who disagree with us, that's not bad. So the truth is obviously between those two bookends. So, but this is where we are now because of how this whole thing, this whole thing has been weaponized. Right now, when people say we have to protect our elections and our democracy and all this sort of stuff, and when the media says that, what they're implying is that Trump was a risk and a threat to that. Now, okay, let's have that discussion. But the other side of the coin is that if these things aren't true, if these things are blown out of proportion, if what 2,000 mules and, and others have, have uncovered and shown to the American people are true and true in big enough numbers, then, then I should say, then we have a problem where an election could have been stolen by people on the left, not on Trump's side, but it's possible if those things are true that that's how you could steal an election as well, and you've got to be able to talk about that. You can't. In fact, by uttering the words I uttered, some people would probably, uh, some some companies, some tech giants and tech Nazis and tech leftists, they would say this particular program is dangerous <laughs> because because of my simply framing this in such a way as to say stealing election, no matter how you do it, no matter which side you are, are, are on, no matter which candidate you are actually endorsing or trying to get elected, doing things outside of the bounds of the law and the constitutional powers of the respective branch of government or the state branch of, you know, the state and their branches of government, doing things outside of the law and or the constitution is not... To ever be, not to ever be acceptable. Why am I getting, got some sound there, something turned on from my computer. Anyway, so this is the narrative in the landscape because of January 6th. Because of January 6th, because of what's transpired. And as I read near the beginning of this segment, I'm going to take a break here. But as I read at the beginning of the segment, the Pentagon, the Pentagon has released a memo that shows that Trump wanted the protests on January 6th 
to remain peaceful. To remain peaceful, to remain a safe event. Does this not completely undermine the narrative that is pushed by the leftists in Congress on that committee and the so-called Republicans on that committee, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney? Does this, do they know this? Do they care about this? Why are they not, I mean, th- this seems relevant, right? Now, if you were in a, if on a criminal case and you were on a jury, you would know this evidence. But see, if you're watching a show trial, if you're watching something that's for political consumption, that is a uh, that is meant to be political theater, they don't have to even acknowledge stuff like this, which is largely what has been happening. But the evidence is clear that what happened on January 6th was not President Trump leading an attempt by a rogue group of people to overthrow the government. That is not the case whatsoever, but that's what they want you to think it is. Trump says it's because they don't want him to run in 2024. He's he's right. They also want to use this in the 2022 midterms. They want you to think. In fact, I got a soundbite that we'll get to in the next uh, next segment or two about this. But they want you to think democracy is literally at risk of crumbling if Republicans take over. In fact, there's leftists out there saying we won't even have any more elections. We'll be over and <laughs> it'll be over and done. This constitute, well, excuse me, this democracy, not constitutional republic if you're talking to a leftist. But our democracy will be over, they say, if Republicans win in the midterms. So here we are. This, this is all stemming from January. Actually, it goes back to 2016. It goes back to Trump versus Hillary. And this is the only way that they can frame it and think that they've got a chance. And that is to scare the living daylights out of Americans which they did in 2020, by the way, but to scare the living daylights out of people so that they will not support or welcome a candidate either like Trump or DeSantis potentially as well. And there's others. This has this is swelled outside of the control of the leftists and the media, and they, they can't put this genie back in the bottle. So uh, plenty more to say about this, but I've got to take a quick time out, my friends. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, by the way, I want to welcome, welcome one of our newest advertisers, and that's the Glass Guru of Indiana. The Glass Guru of Indiana. I want to welcome them and thank them and all of the folks that make this program possible. Um, If you want to see our list of advertisers, you can go to supportouradvertisers.com. And if you're in the market for something, all I ask is that you give them them a chance to earn your business. Uh, Man, we deal with some really, really great people, great companies, and uh, we're proud of the folks that are associated with this program. So welcome to the Glass Guru of Indiana. So I want to, I said before the break, I was going to play a soundbite. Play a soundbite here. This is a gentleman by the name of Malcolm Nance. He's on, now you have to forgive me 
In fact, Oz, one of the most frequent questions that I will ask Oz on one of the most frequent questions I ask her is, how do I pronounce this? A lot, a lot of times it's the names because I'll be honest with you. Okay. The I'm I'm read most of the time, so I don't hear I don't hear people say these names. So Malcolm Nance, um, who is a contributor or a someone that's on MSNBC, as I understand it, it's hard to uh, really, you know. Uh, say too much about that because no one watches MSNBC. But this is an MSNBC national security analyst named Malcolm Nance. He's on a program. He's on a program called the Dean Obadala program. If I'm mispronouncing it, it's not intended to be personal, although the program seems to support radical ideas that I would vehemently disagree with and probably laugh at frequently. But that being the case, I want you to hear this. <laughs> I want you to hear. I want you to hear how they're framing this upcoming election. Now, we say we say that the January 6th commission or this discussion, this all the the, the way that they've been pushing this and, you know, trying to make this the focal point really of the 2022 midterm elections. Um, we say that the narrative is the result of the of what happened um, on January 6th. You can also say that the narrative is the result of everything else that the left has touched and utterly destroyed because they can't talk about anything else. By the way, did you see? Did you see? Yes, I see that, Oz. Did, did you see that but the Biden administration is trying to redefine <laughs> redefine what a recession is. Now, it's pretty obvious why. Because they know the numbers that come back, or they are very, very concerned that the numbers that come back in this third quarter, which we're in now, are going to show another quarter of contraction. If that is the case of economic contraction, if that's the case, then we are officially in a recession. But wouldn't that be just the worst timing of all, right, for them to have literally the month before or six or whatever it is, six, eight weeks, whatever, before the midterm elections to have to officially announce that they have driven us into a recession. That they're, of course, they would never admit this, but we all know that these policies are absolutely causing this. The strife and enmity that they have with the private sector, with, with people who are capitalists, and the, the free market capitalists looking at the, the, the lay of the land and the circumstances and thinking, this isn't a good time to be, you know, expanding our business because of a recession. This isn't a good it's actually one of the reasons it's it's one of the reasons why gas prices they want to blame these big oil companies for gas prices. Of course, now they want credit because they've brought it down a fraction of what they've driven it up. So suddenly they want correct uh, they want credit. It's like Michael Scott wanted all of the credit but none of the blame um, for the 
what was it the Willy Wonka golden ticket idea, I think. Anyway, <laughs> I love that show. But they want all the credit. They want none of the blame. They want the narrative to be about anything besides what they've done, which is create an unmitigated dumpster fire in our country, in our economy. It's obvious gas prices, as I started to say, one of the reasons that they are going to stay high is because the gas companies, the oil companies could see this coming. We talked about this, actually. They look down and they say, okay, we have a supply problem. So in order to increase supply, first of all, we got to deal with people like the Biden administration, which isn't going to be very helpful. Second of all, we have to build out some infrastructure. But boy, it sure would be bad to get, I don't know, however long down the road that it's going to take for that infrastructure to be online. And suddenly when we get there, demand go down because we're in a recession, right? I mean, this is not hard to understand, folks. They want you to be confused. They want it to sound so sophisticated and complicated. And I'm not saying there's not any sophistication or complexities in uh, in oil or technology or in markets. That's not what I'm saying. But it's pretty fundamentally, this part of it's pretty fundamentally easy to understand. That's what they've created, right? They've created a scenario of uncertainty. They've created a scenario where business is bad, where business is are in the crosshairs of the government where businesses are... Tar- Remember, we went through this whole thing recently uh, when gas prices were a little bit higher than they are now. They're still high. They want you to think that they've done some great thing by bringing them down. I don't know how, by snapping their fingers or what have you. But anyway, they wanted to have a windfall profit tax on these big oil companies. Of course, they usually don't complain too much about the windfall tax that state and federal governments get from producing nothing um, and the taxes that they get to to take off of that. Incidentally, here in Indiana, where I am, taxes in the month of July on a gallon of gasoline is around 80 cents. I think it is 80 cents, eight zero. And that's, by the way, the fault of Republicans. I'm just telling you the truth. So anyway, but they don't want, they don't want to have this, defined as a recession, a technical recession heading into the midterms. The Democrats don't. Biden does it because it will cause a massive, massive, well, optics problem. So what's the solution? We redefine it. We redefine it just like we redefine everything else in our society. Of course, those of us with brains, those of us who understand that words mean things and that things are a certain way, for some very legitimate reasons, doesn't mean that nothing should ever be changed. But when the attempt here is to change something so as to politically take advantage of it, that's clearly not the right rationale to have going into changing the definition of of what actually constitutes a recession. We've changed what a woman is. We've changed what, of course, they, no, we haven't even changed what woman is. We don't, we just erase what it means. We don't even have a definition. We saw that with Katanji. Uh, Brown, we, we've seen it with the people in this documentary with uh, Matt Walsh, right? They can't define things anymore. They've changed what things mean. It's a constant state of, of well, it's smoke and mirrors and deception. That's the only way that they can keep this together, right? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Pay no attention to the president of the United States who told us he has 
What do you tell us he has? Cancer. And then he turns out to have COVID. Allegedly, that's what we're told. We have all these questions. Told us, by the way, he was going to cure cancer. When he got into the office, he hasn't done that yet. I mean, it, there's just so many things, right? It is a smoke and mirrors, dog and pony show. And the only way that they can keep this, these falsehoods going is to continue to, it's, it's like the game where they hide you know, something under one of the hats or whatever, and they shuffle this thing around. They, there, there's tricks, there, there's deception, there's sleight of hand. You can't ever be right. They keep moving the pieces around. It's like nailing jello to the wall. That's why they want to redefine things. That's why they want to change the narrative. That's why when a Republican is president, they report almost breathlessly that maybe one day in this Republican's term in office that there will be a recession. Meanwhile, when a Democrat is in office, the signs can be there right before everyone's eyes. We know that we're in the midst of one, and they'll still pretend that it's not there. This is all part of the shenanigans. Oz is right. It is time for me to take a timeout, my friends, really long in this segment. I will play that soundbite next segment for you. Sorry I didn't get to it. Quick timeouts in order, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, so they are the left, the media. They're in disarray. They're worried. They're concerned. They're panicked. And they are out there saying, candidly, some absolutely preposterous things. Of course, that's not new in and of itself. Uh, but this uh, Malcolm Nance, who's a contributor, what is he, the, what did I say earlier, national security analyst, Malcolm Na- uh, Nance, he shows up on MSNBC. He's on this, again, Dean Obadala. Not trying to mispronounce. I'm just reading. I've never heard it pronounced, so take that as you will. But I want you to hear. I want you to hear how the national security expert, the MSNBC national security expert, how much of an expert can you be if you're on an MSNBC? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. But here he is on this program. Here he is talking with Dean Obadala um, about... What's going to happen? American democracy, this uh, this guest says, is going to end if Republicans win the midterms. I'm going to play. This goes on for a bit. I'm just going to cut it off when I've had enough. So here we go. Having an urgency, what should Democrats be doing? It's battle stations. Okay. The Democrats, Joe Biden, all the rest of them need to understand They are, what are we, July, August, September, October, November. You are four months from the end of American democracy. Four months. And we said that in 2020, and that was true then too. Oh, it was. But now, now you're talking about putting a party in power Mm -hmm. in which there will never be another election. They will vote through every Uh piece of legislation and defund every component of the United States government. They're not joking about impeaching Joe Biden every week. Like they did okay, and Kamala Harris and getting rid of people in, in or, ex, you know, expanding the Supreme Court, whatever it is they think they can do, even though some of it's crazy. First thing that they say. This is bizarre. They're, these are their ideas. Expanding the Supreme Court, their idea. Also, why does he say impeaching Kamala Harris? It's like he caught himself midway into the sentence there. He said impeaching Bo, Joe Biden every week. And he probably thought, well, 
this guy might not be president then. So then impeaching Kamala Harris. I just, I'm going to let it play a little bit longer, but this is delusional, my friends. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert said, we will criminally prosecute every person who took part in the January 6th investigation. They're talking about militarizing as a dictatorship, as a Duma, like in Russia, Congress. This will be the end of Congress. We've already seen the end, the of, end of the Supreme Court. We've seen the Supreme Court. This this is delusional talk. I, I mean, this this is this is precisely. I, I mean, this is happening right now. The United States Congress has been weaponized on this January 6th commission. Now, as I said, as I said at the beginning of this program, context is king. Context is king. We don't want branches of government, when it's run by one party, to be weaponized against the other. That's not a good thing, my friends. That's not a good thing. Uh, Conversely, if a party, (laughs) if one particular group, group of people weaponized it and there's never any consequences, that's a problem as well. And so context matters here. So what they're saying, what Malcolm Nance is saying here, is that Democrats have free reign to use the government however they see fit. Republicans, if they win control of office, they're apparently going to – first of all, they're going to – if you listen to this guy, it's over anyway. It's over. I mean, I guess it's time to scream at the universe like we – well, like they did back in 2016 when Hillary lost, get the service animals out, get the adult coloring books out, have some mental health days, whatever we need to do here to cope with this. But he says it's it's over. Democracy's over. Then he says apparently there's going to be a democracy still left, but it's going to be weaponized by Republicans. I'm not in favor of Republicans weaponizing. I am in favor of justice. And if the government was weaponized, as it appears to me that it has been right now, and it has been under Trump, then there should be accountability for that. And by the way, having budgets cut or certain departments of our government done away with, not a bad thing at all. What is that? That's the end of our democracy? Malcolm Nance here is gravely uh, misunderstanding some things, very, very confused on some issues, telling people to go to battle stations. If a Republican said that, that would be a call to war. If Trump said that on January 6th, he would be already... They would be demanding, they're already demanding this, they would be demanding that he be placed in the gallows. I mean, this is crazy to to me to listen to this and to think the things that they're accusing Republicans of, who, by the way, I'm not the greatest consistent fan of, but the things that they're they're accusing Republicans of are literally happening right before our eyes. It's just like like when Trump was president, all the bad things they told us Trump was going to usher in They've been ushered in by President Biden. They don't seem to be concerned in the least about that. In fact, they tell us that it's not happening. It's delusional, my friends. These folks, the radicals, the ultra-radicals, and it appears that Malcolm Nance is going to find himself squarely in that group. They have they have completely abdicated their responsibility for intellectual integrity. They have given up the, the notion of trying to at least be reasonable and they are completely and utterly sophists who are arguing for nothing besides whatever it takes to ensure a political uh, political victory. And I've got to take a break. Quick time out, my friends. Come back. And I'm, I might play a little bit more of this. I don't know. I kind of got sick of it anyway. But you get the idea. Quick time out. Back in just a minute.
So this is, I'm not going to play any more of this lunacy. You can only take so much of it. I've heard heard some of you tell me that. <laughs> but this, this passes as legitimate commentary and deep reflection and thought in some, in some radical circles. I, look, I think what matters here is that we do not... We do not excuse behavior from our guys, from our side, when they are in power. And we don't simply assume, <laughs> I know, I know, it's the, the Democrat Party has become the Dramacrats. The Dramacrats are constantly engaged in trying to get you to think about something in a certain way. They're not worried about actually changing their crazy ideology or worldview, what they are interested in is trying to trick you to trick me to trick americans into falling for believing it that's really the whole game to them so i understand that that's that that's what we're dealing with but in the event that a republican legitimately needs to be investigated i'm i'm 100 percent fine with that that's necessary in this society in our system 100 necessary i'm also 100 percent fine when our side regains power to say, look, what we've witnessed over the past X number of years and is, is an absolute abuse of power. And if it requires investigate, I'm not a guy that, I'm, that really likes this stuff because honestly, you know what happens? They use it for political purposes and they don't do anything about it. I mean, someone has to be held accountable. If the government is being weaponized as much as I believe that it is, actually a fraction as much as I believe it is. Someone has to be held accountable. Someone has to be held accountable. Otherwise, what we have is the Hunter Biden situation. I mean, these folks believe they are above the law. And candidly, my friends, because we're so interested in the optics and politics and not actually cleaning up house, I think they're kind of right. So timeout is in order. Sit tight. Come back and wrap it for the day in just a minute. friends, the way that we stop all of this nonsense and shenanigans, and it's one of the reasons, I got to tell you, I would not oppose term limits for, for Congress or whatever, but I am not someone who's in favor of term limits for those who think that that's going to solve our problem. What we need is an engaged voting public. We need people who say, this is why we're electing you. We're going to pay attention, and if you don't do it, we're going to replace you. We're going to vote for someone else. We're not playing the shenanigans. When justice needs to be done, it needs to be done. When the political nonsense needs to stop, it needs to be stopped. And this program is coming to a conclusion today. I've got to wrap up. Thanks for listening, folks. SDGC tomorrow. Take care. Hey, Indiana.